the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Right Makes Might. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for coming back. Today in Courageous Christianity, we're going to talk about courage. And I realize it might sound strange to talk about courage on Courageous Christianity, but sometimes people think that courage is something you're either born with or without. From this perspective, I worry that some may feel they were born without it. This is not the case, and I want to talk to you about that today. Honestly, I can't think of a more important time to talk about courage. Given the current state of social, political, and spiritual unrest in this nation, what could be more important? and to walk courageously in faith, hope, and love. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my glamorous wingman. We're on to the G's. Good morning. We're on to the G's. We did (laughs) Glamorous. (laughs) Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, we ask you today for the faith to believe your promises. For you have said that those who trust in you will not be put to shame. Help us, O Lord, to look to you in all things. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you regardless of the trials of this world. Help us to remember that this place is temporary and that you are our permanent refuge, our home, and our fortress. Lord, we pray today for healing and truth in our nation. May we all have eyes to see and ears that hear. We bring our prayers to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. The Bible is full of stories about courage. Uh, Samson and defeating the Philistines right before his bad haircut. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who we spoke about last week, uh, refusing to pray to the idols of Nebuchadnezzar. David defeating Goliath. Daniel in the lion's den. And Jesus facing his crucifixion, just to name a few. We get the picture from these stories that these characters didn't have fear. Right. 
And this is categorically false. Most importantly, the night before his crucifixion, even Jesus, God on earth, prayed that this cup would pass from his lips. And then he said, of course, not his will, but God's will. And so the truth is that all humans feel fear. So courage is not the absence of fear. It's about overcoming fear and taking action in the face of fear. So what helps us is analyzing the situations that cause us to feel uh, scared, taking them apart, asking how much sense does this make. But even that's difficult because the fear response, physiologically speaking, the fight, flight, or freeze response produces changes in our bodies, which actually make clear thinking difficult. Absolutely. So uh, like animals, blood rushes to our extremities. We prepare for a fight. Uh, It's an emotional state. It's a paranoid state where we start to see everything as a threat, make things bigger than they really are. And so it makes it a little bit hard to take apart the things that might be scaring us. A lot of bit hard. It actually makes us think that it's real. Yeah. What's happening. And it's, it's That's very interesting. really in our mind that we've created. We don't, we don't understand that. Right. Kind of goes back to that Mark Twain quote we said, uh, I've lived through some terrible things in my life, some of which have actually happened. Exactly. Um, so that's very, uh, very interesting because in the situations where we have the opportunity to express our faith, for example, sometimes we might feel uncertainty because fear is generally about vulnerability associated with uncertainty. And we don't like vulnerability. And we don't like <laughs> vulnerability. So what's interesting to me, though, is if you take these things apart, if you have the wherewithal, if you can slow yourself down and ask God to help you to have clarity and you take these things apart, often they're nonsensical. For example, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, in fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So in that, there's no uncertainty. Right. The worries that you have about standing up for Jesus and being persecuted, that's fact. Right. You will be. But Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12 say, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. So... In terms of the uncertainty that we worry about as we express our uh, faith or stand firm in our faith or speak God's truth, there's no uncertainty about it. You will be persecuted. People who are used to hearing lies will not like hearing your truth. Right. And nonetheless, your reward in heaven will be great. So it's about taking that fear apart and as we deconstruct it and see, well, there's really no uncertainty. And so experience, every time we do it and every time uh, things work, that helps us. What are your thoughts? So we're being a coach. (laughs) I go to um, fear and we work with a lot of of fear um, because that's what holds us back. And so when I'm working with someone, whether it be divorce or a shift in business and career, um, much of what holds us back is uh, is that fear, but it's typically what's been kind of created in our head. And as I think about that related to um, our, our walk in Christianity, 
oftentimes when we step into that fear, whether it's in our business and career or divorce, and then we get through it, we're like, oh, that wasn't so difficult. Right. But we've created that it was difficult. And then so we've kind of built our trust muscle. And when when if we really knew the word, we'd know that, I mean, it's in black and white right there. And that in some way, by knowing that we're on the right path. I don't know if right. that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. So <clears throat> practice helps get rid of fear. Unraveling it, taking it apart helps get get rid of fear. And great segue, scripture. Yeah. Looking to the Bible. I look at uh, Joshua chapter one, which is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. The Israelites are on the east bank of the Jordan River. They're just about to cross over. And in chapter one, one chapter, four times, it says, be strong and courageous. Four times. Yeah. 80 times in the Bible, God says, fear not. So the issue is not that having fear is wrong. The issue is not that if you have fear, you're not courageous. The issue is not that it's not an absolutely normal human response, having never seen something before, done something before, doing it for the first time, to have this. But we need to talk ourselves through that. And this is where we come to the very important point that fear is the inverse of faith. Mm. In our faith, we should have less fear. And Jesus pointed this out to the disciples when they're on the boat and the big storm is raging and he's sleeping in the boat with his head on a pillow, no less. Right. He is totally calm because he knows his father and his faith is ironclad. And here uh, the disciples wake him up and he says to them, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. There's such an important conclusion there, and that is that our faith overcomes fear. And we talked a little bit about it this morning. As you look at your life, there's a couple ways to look at it. If you look at your life as a forest, right. and something scary is happening. So now one tree in the forest becomes the entire forest. Right. You, you walked up to the forest, your face is pressed against this tree. It's all of, you can see. It's all you can see. It's this one fearful situation, this one set of circumstances. You've lost objectivity. You've got this fight, flight, or freeze reaction. And now the Holy Spirit helps you to slow it down you back away from that tree and you consider everything in its big context as you look at the forest of your life. So for me, I look back on all the things God has done, his meticulous planning, how he has made things come to pass, how I've survived things that I should not have survived. And I'm glad you survived. Thank you so much. And my conclusion there, okay, stop laughing. My <laughs> conclusion there is that God can be trusted. And even in this new situation, which seems uncertain, my faith is in him. He can be trusted. He bends all things toward good. He will work it out. He is my refuge and my fortress. So I, I hear that. And as I think about the listeners, though, and I think back over my life, and I liken it not to a forest. I like it, liken it to a big tapestry. 
And if you're standing at, right, imagine yourself in a, um, a museum and you're looking at a big tapestry or somebody's house that has really good taste. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere. You're standing up against that tapestry on the wall and you're seeing the little fibers and the threads. But if you stand back, you see the entire big the picture, picture. Yeah, that's a brilliant image. The, I think the challenge, though, that I'm just thinking about here with the the listeners, um, we can hear, okay, faith. Faith overcomes fear. It's like, how do you get there? And as I look through the tapestry being built of my life, it's every little tiny baby step that I've taken to get to know God more, to know scripture, to make better choices in my life, which... Um, after a while, you realize, I think, um, with more of that tapestry woven, that there is a bigger picture being woven. So you can come to those fearful things with that faith more. But when you're just starting on the crafting of that tapestry, I think it can be very That's a difficult and hard to grasp. Right. Okay, just have faith. Yeah, not only that, uh, if you're going through something very difficult, uh, you've, we've lost loved ones, uh, we're having financial issues and so forth. You're going through a divorce. Going through a divorce. And we can't understand the big picture, so it sometimes seems like we've been singled out for persecution or special, uh, especially bad treatment. But the truth of the matter is, we serve a loving God. And if you're a child of a parent... Does that child need to worry? We've talked about this so many times. I have an image of God as a loving father in heaven. Right. And growing up, my father took care of everything. He paid the bills. We uh, were fed. I didn't have to worry. And so in our worry, in our lack of faith, in our fear, we're expressing a lack of trust. But you said earlier the trust muscle. You build up your trust muscle. Right. It's like going in the gym and building your biceps. You mm -hmm. lift weight. So you can actually welcome the situation that's scaring you. You can make friends with it and you can say to yourself, I'm going to walk through this situation with God. Even as you say, if my voice shakes right. and even if I'm nervous, I'm going to just focus on putting one foot in front of the other and it will be like a good day in the gym, and at the end of it, I know that God will make it work for good, and I will be stronger. Example, and I've, I've told you this a lot. Uh, if I'm in a restaurant, I often ask the, the server to pray with me. I right. eat a lot alone. I travel a lot, and so somebody brings you food, and, and at first... It seemed exposed. It seemed vulnerable. Could be scary. And then you do it a bunch of times. And I have to tell you, uh, 11 out of 12 times, uh, they've been so grateful, and it's been meaningful to both of us, <clears throat> and it's been the start of a friendship in a hotel I go to often or whatever. But we walk through that situation. It's like the gym. We develop that trust muscle, and then we look back on our lives, and we say, you know what? God is faithful. I can trust him. It, it helps because then the, the fear is displaced by trust. Well, that's the thing I want to like zone in on those. And, and, and I call it tiny baby steps, those tiny baby steps. That's courageous. Sometimes we think courage is this big, huge monster, big thing that right. has to be a big show for the world. 
you know, and it's little, it's, it's actually little. And, and so therefore that's empowering to me is that when you are walking through the fire, knowing that God is with you, like I never can say it right. Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, <laughs> and Abednego. That that is courageous in those tiny baby steps um, uh, with little. him. It's it really is. I mean, I mean, what is it? The the strength is in the small. Th- I don't know. There's probably some saying around it, but those baby steps. And so I want people to hear, even if it's a tiny baby step, that's courageous. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's a scripture that says suffering produces perseverance, Absolutely. perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And these things are all linked because the suffering comes from a situation, a set of circumstances, which we overcome right. in faith, in trust, in perseverance, building that trust muscle, in courage, right? Yeah. And so we stood there, we weathered this storm, whatever storm it might be, and with perseverance Mm -hmm. to stand our ground, our character was revealed, a character that's shaped by God and those circumstances that he permitted. And in that, we have hope because our trust in him, uh, we will not be put to shame. So... Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, character produces hope, and our hope will not put us to shame. Right. That's the whole scripture, and it's it's absolutely brilliant and beautiful. And I know from a lot of the things in my life that have scared me, uh, which I did anyway. Yeah, and, a lot, I can imagine. Uh, a lot, landing a jet on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the night in the middle of the ocean, uh, being in bad guy country in Afghanistan in the middle of the night I mean, somewhere can't even fathom it or just standing up and preaching for the first time or better yet speaking to somebody you've never met about God and about Jesus because they seem like they're in pain and I can't bear their pain and I'm more afraid of them being in that pain than I am the possibility that they'll reject me or reject the word or having lunch with two people and having the courage to say, let's say grace before we, right. And if they don't, then even bowing your head and, and praying then. Right. So we go through something that helps us. It helps it to be less uncertain. We deconstruct something according to scripture that helps it to be less uncertain and scary. We read scripture and we find out amazing things about the love of God. Uh, One of which is just amazing to me. Isaiah chapter 43, verse one says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. How amazing is that? (laughs) It just makes me. Another one I have to turn to uh, Ephesians chapter six in my Bible. So remember Ephesians chapter six gets into putting on the full armor of God. But if you Mm -hmm. look at chapter 6, verse 10, which begins the paragraph on putting on the full armor of God, Scripture says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So as we do these things, as we step forward in faith, because like the Good Samaritan, the question we ask ourselves is not, if I stop, what will happen to me? The question we ask ourselves is, if I I don't don't stop, stop, 
what, what will, will happen, happen to him. You. Right. And so the personal that's risk. That's courageous. That's courageous. The personal yeah. risk that we feel at stepping forward in faith is less important to us right. than the good that we can do and the suffering of those living in darkness. Right. And so to me, that is the truth. And speaking of truth, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it is always relevant, and that it never fails. A moment of truth today comes from Daniel chapter 7, verse 26. After Daniel is saved in the lion's den and his accusers are destroyed, the pagan King Darius speaks of his reverence for the God of Daniel and the Israelites. And that's just totally amazing to me. So this is a guy who was full of fear, was worried about the hand that wrote on the wall, and he called Daniel to interpret it. And Daniel ends up in the lion's den because he wouldn't submit. And this is a pagan speaking about our God, the God of Abraham. He says, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. And I think if this is what God's enemies think of him, what do we who are promised shelter beneath his hand have to fear? And so to me, the answer is nothing. Right. Like Daniel, whose faith was a miracle to King Darius, who was living in fear, each of us in our courageous faith can be a miracle to a world which exists so much in fear and anxiety. When we step forward in faith, when we stand firm in all situations, knowing that by us God will show himself to the world. However he chooses to do that, and whatever the circumstances, we need not worry. Our eternity with Jesus is promised, and he is faithful. And that is the truth. And that is the amazing truth. And that uh, brings us to the quote of the day. Uh, Maya Angelou, a brilliant poet, said, Brilliant, Brilliant, wonderful. She said, courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. So though we all feel fear, at some point we must ask what we fear most. When we fear being separated from God more than anything else, when we fear a neighbor being subjected to harm more than we do the personal consequences of speaking the truth, When we fear not standing up for what is right more than we fear standing up. When we fear not being kind more than offering the benefit of the doubt. Then things on earth become much easier. We whisper Jesus' name. We ask for courage and for strength. It's not our own strength. It's not internal. As Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's in his power that we seek refuge, that we step forward, that we overcome fear. In all cases, fear is the impediment to action. The more we step into it, the stronger we get. Whether conversations about faith where we feel exposed, expressions of Jesus' love which might involve rejection, speaking God's plain truth to a world more comfortable with lies, offering forgiveness for painful offenses, or engaging in acts of service which place us in submissive roles, The more we get comfortable in this space, the more we will think of ourselves as warriors, the more courageous we will feel. It's practice. With practice, what seems scary now will become less scary over time. Fear is largely about uncertainty 
and experience lessons, feelings of uncertainty, and the vulnerability over which we must climb in courage. But there's more to it than just practice, because as we've said, it's about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. When we're weaker in our faith or less confident, we experience more fear. At the intersection of our faith in the secular world, we must deal with this fear. We do this by trusting in Jesus. Our faith gives us confidence in heaven and the things of heaven. As our thoughts are more on heaven and less on the world, we experience less fear of the world. We are reminded that we are merely visitors here. Our citizenship is in heaven, and our heavenly citizenship transcends this place and its fear, and we know this by faith. Last week I quoted Marcus Aurelius, who said, What stands in the way becomes the way. If a lack of faith stands in the way, then faith is the way. And the more we look at circumstances through the lens of faith, the more we see God's careful plans unfolding. Simply put, faith is about trusting the promises of God. He has said, Anyone who believes in me will not be put to shame. Believe that in all circumstances. Believe and do not doubt. That is courageous Christianity. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.